Cool. All right. All right. Hey, everybody. Thank you again. Tuning in to uh, another episode of At the Table. I've got uh, my friend uh, Justin Torrance joining me today from um, Hotlanta. Um, how's it Hot going? <laughs> Good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I really, really appreciate you taking the time to come and talk and share just your story and how you got to where you're, where you're at and the things that the Lord did. Um, so yeah, My really, pleasure, man. Thanks really, for inviting me. really appreciate it. Took a little bit of coordinating, both kind of a busy, busy gentleman. Um, but we're here. Yeah. Man. And so I'll just, um, I'll just explain, um, you know, how I know you and, um, how, you know, how I kind of, how we met. Um, I'd first Great. seen you in, um, the heart of man, which came out in 2016, right? Yeah. 2016, uh, 17, 2000, okay. Yeah. 2017. Oh, that's right. It was the, yeah, I think it was the beginning of 2000. Yeah. Yeah. You would know you were in it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, it was right when we came back, you know, right when we came back from Hawaii, when we were supposed to be there for a while, we came back early and it, it, it was life changing my man. And so wow. if you folks haven't seen it, we'll get to the heart of man look it up the heart of man it's uh it's incredible but i'm going to just go ahead and like i said i'm going to go ahead and read just a little bit off of uh your imdb if you don't mind Oh, go for it. All right. Justin Torrance is a film and television actor and stunt performer who has appeared in some of America's favorite TV, sh- TV shows, such as Cobra Kai, MacGyver, Legacies, and more. He's best known for his breakout role in The Heart of Man, globally celebrated, soul-inspiring film in which he starred and performed all his own stunts, which I do want you to talk about. You know what, what I'm talking about. <laughs> that, I tell people yeah, that man. story all the time. They're like, no, he, did, he didn't do that. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. That was no... Yeah, that was him. He literally <laughs> did that. Uh, anyway, um, in addition, in addition, Torrance was a consulting producer on the project, along with William Paul Young, author of The Shack, and Jason Palmer, co-writer and producer of The Heart of Man. He toured the film internationally, sharing its compelling story with fans around the world. And the film has been released in over 20 countries. And I'm telling you, if you have not seen it, you need to. Cause it is that, I mean, it is good. It is good. And I just explain it as it's an allegory for the prodigal son. Like that's the easiest yeah. way to, to say it. Um, yeah, but it is a beautiful story anyway. Yeah, it is. We will get to it. <laughs> so that's who we have on the show. And I actually just, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to find out, you know, Oh no, what it was is I, I was on my uh, Instagram machine and we're both friends with Joel Rogers, who I've had on the show before. And cool. um, yeah. I'd seen that you were friends with him. And um, I think it was his brother, Jeff. And yeah. um, and I was like, oh, man, that's the heart of man. That's the heart of man, dude. That's the heart of man, man. So I, you know, I, I <laughs> reached out to you on, uh, on the old um, Instagram machine. And that's how we we connected yeah. and um yeah that was a that was a few years ago and uh you've done quite a bit since and so um and you know like i'd said i didn't know that you were the the prop master on running for grace which if you haven't seen that one as well that's on um that's either i can't remember if it's on amazon prime or netflix but it's really really good yeah. like i said i do watch it about twice a year 
trying to get my 10 year old to watch it but because i told him it was a love story he's like oh that's gross and i'm like oh bro come on it's awesome it's filmed by our friends it's like yes man girls have cooties yes you don't want to see this run bro (laughs) Um, but uh it's it's good too so um yeah man let's go let's dive in um so we were just talking before you grew up in the church right and you were originally from Chicago. Yeah. Suburban Chicago. And then you, where did you grow up? Did you, you didn't grow up in Chicago, right? Yeah. So I lived there until I was about 11, I think, um, in the suburban, suburban Chicago area there. And, uh, yeah, I grew up in a Christian family. And I mean, you were just mentioning the story of one of your previous guests. I forget his name, but, um, how he kind of, you know, the Lord, like basically like, wrecked him on like a construction site, like saved yeah. him like radically. Yeah. Dave you know, Frankie, my, Dave Frankie, Dave Frankie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, um, you know, my mom grew up in the church. I think, you know, it's more common kind of Catholic Lutheran kind of background up in the Chicago area. Um, my dad did not, however, um, and he was not a believer. I think he maybe got saved when I was like young, like two or three, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, ironically like usually construction sites you know it's kind of like rough places right yep um like foul mouth and dirty jokes and that's just kind of like the <laughs> mo for for construction sites just yeah. you know rough neck rough neck dudes um but my dad my dad's a great guy um and he always has been even before he's a believer but um he was working for a construction company and all the guys that worked there were saved and they were just like share the gospel with them on a regular basis and i you know i don't remember all the details of the story but you know, he eventually um, gave his life to the Lord via his construction company he worked for on the job site there. And, you know, then that really changed the trajectory of our family because, wow. you know, when you wow. have both parents, you know, like seeking the Lord and my dad became like the Bible answer man. He just like, you know, ate it up. And, you know, then we, you know, really started going to church with the family and, you know, yeah. grew up, you know, as far back as I can remember, you know, hearing, you know, Christian music playing in the house and, you know, um, was that the good old, what, what, together. was that like, uh, was that like skillet oh, like, or Petra or like, Oh, this Carmen? is back. Yeah. Maybe, maybe some Petra, <laughs> man. We're talking about back, back. We're talking about Smitty. We're yeah. talking about good old Mike W. Smith. There you go. That's what I'm about, saying. Uh, one of these, who was Amy Grant. Amy guy, Grant. Amy yep. Grant. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. You know, some of these people back in the day, you know, um, you know, that's, that's back in like the eighties and stuff like that. That's good music. And in the nineties, but uh, yeah, man. So, so yeah, I still, you know, grew up in a Christian family. Um, and then we moved to, to the Atlanta area, actually like an hour North, like out in the country, mm-hmm. bro. Talk about some cultural shock. Um, I came, I went from, you know, suburban Chicago, just like Chicago, like yeah. real, like Chicago kind of guy to um you know we were only like probably 15 20 miles from downtown to like rural georgia whereas little town called my my school was in a little town called pine log georgia and buddy let me tell you what son it's like luke bryant's the national anthem and (laughs) that's a different no man when i moved down yonder when i came down here buddy i'll tell you i'll tell you the first first country song i remember hearing or like really noticing was uh achy breaky heart oh my god (laughs) <laughs> what's his name Billy uh, Ray Cyrus Billy man. Ray Cyrus come on yeah. bullet man yeah I mean yeah it was just you know it's a different world you know um couldn't understand what people said sometimes I mean <laughs> you know I've been in the south some because my 
my family uh, migrated down here. Um, you know, like my grandparents came down, so we come down and visit and stuff like that. But you know, all those people, like the origin was like up north. So you know, we all still talk the same, even though they've been down, you know, for five or ten years. Yeah. But you know, when you get thrown into a school situation, I mean, I did not understand the concept of yes sir, no sir. And so, you know, I would be in class, you know, my teacher would be like, oh, Mr. Torrance, you do your homework? And I'd be like, yeah, uh, excuse me, Mr. Torrance, did you do your homework? And like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm like looking around like, are, am I stuttering? You know, you will say yes, sir. No, sir. I was like, dear Lord, man, that's, I'm totally fine with that. I just never heard of it before. Yeah, like, exactly. Okay, cool, you know, um, you know, my, you know, you're going through the, through the lunch line and, you know, they're like, you want your okra? I'm like, come again. <laughs> yeah. You're like, like what the heck is color? okra? You know? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, and my, and you know, my friend next to me, I'm like, do I want okra? They're like, Oh yeah, man, that fried okra is real good. I'm like, I'll take some okra then. I'm like, this stuff's amazing. <laughs> you know, like another friend's like drinking like straight up buttermilk at lunch. You know, like, they actually give like, instead of like chocolate milk, white milk, then it's like, or you can drink buttermilk. And some of these cats were drinking buttermilk. That and I'm explains like, a lot. I know. <laughs> what is going on? You know, and it's, all those things are, and all those things are fun and beautiful and and, and all that it was just so different for me. Yeah. You know, I was like, okay, yep. you know, I'm, I'm a fish out of water in this place. So yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It was, yeah. I can relate yeah, when, when I was, uh, when I was 10, I think it was 10, it was 10 or 11. Cause we left when I was 13, we moved from Sacramento, California to a tiny little town in the middle of Wyoming that was literally a mile long called is Grable, Wyoming, oh, wow. super tiny town. No more than, I think, 1,200 people, maybe, I think. Wow. So small. Dude. Totally, yeah. I gotcha. You get you get, you get I, what I'm saying. I'm getting it. Yep, we got, we were California boys, what we were called, and that's what, oh, look, California boys are here. And we're like, oh, boy, here we go. Oh, yeah, well, we were, we were <laughs> oh, man, that, that damn Yankee, you know, that's what we get. <laughs> You know, that's awesome. Um, that's that's what I would get. I mean, I haven't heard that one in a while, but you know, when it first came down there, it was like, I'm like, what's a Yankee like? Man, use a Yankee. Okay, like, sorry. They're, they're from New York. Um, they're not from Chicago. The Cubs are from Chicago. You right? know, but <laughs> but but beautiful, but beautiful and warm people. You know, once you once you you know get used to all the differences, you know, then it's yeah. like cool, man. Uh, you know, just some wonderful. I got, you know, just salt of the earth people. I mean, just some of the best people, Yeah. you know, just the good old boys, man, shake your hand. They mean it when they say it kind of folks, you know? So yeah. yeah, it's been, it's been really good. You know, my, and my parents, you know, my dad looking back, you know, just the area we were in, you know, some of the, some of the stuff, some of our family had gone, you know, has gone through over the, over the years. He's just like, man, I'm so glad we got you guys out of there. You know, it's just, yeah. you know, I mean, any area it's like, you know, it could be good or bad just depending on what's going on. But he was, yeah, kind of hindsight. He's like, yep, I think it was the right decision to come down here. Nice. Good. Yeah. And so so you go from Chicago church to the good old Southern Baptist. And uh Well, just... it was uh we went I, I went to uh to Pine Log United Methodist Church out in Pine Log, Georgia. <laughs> and Pine Log and my our whole family went there. I mean, we made up like a portion of the church. We had like, you know like our section, like our, you know, I had tons, like a bunch of cousins, aunts and uncles, my grandparents. And it's actually a pretty cool church. They have like the old camp meeting, like the old revival camp meeting. Really? You know, that they would do back in the day. Yeah. Back in the day, they would come out, you know, there'd be like a week in the summertime and everybody come and pitch their, pitch their tents 
around like a big kind of, you know, circus type tent in the middle. Mm-hmm. And they would have like once or twice a day, kind of like revival meetings and, you know, sing their hymns and stuff like that. The guest preachers would come through and, you know, and all this stuff. Well, you know, that one, I think that's been going on for, I want to say no exaggeration, maybe like 110 years or something like that at this church, like just really, really like legacy kind of stuff. And so now they have cabins, you know, they still call them tents, but you know, each like different family, like we, we built together kind of barn raising style when I was a kid, built like a big cabin that would house like our, like all the families in our family, you know, that, you know, house 35 people or something like that with the lofts for the kids to sleep in and all this stuff. Anyway. So it was, it was cool though. That church had a cool, a cool legacy. I remember reading, there's like kind of like a, like a placard out front, a mm-hmm. big granite kind of uh, memorial kind of thing. And, and I forget what year it was, but it was, you know, I mean, maybe a hundred years ago or like maybe late 1800s or something like that. The, the pastor there, um, was preaching a sermon that went something like, you know, God, if it takes for you to shake the grounds of this hallowed place to awaken your people, let it happen. And at that very moment, an earthquake struck. Whoa. And like, <laughs> talk about a sermon illustration, right? Like, Whoa. you know, people giving their life to the Lord and stuff like that, and, which is very uncommon for, for Georgia to feel an earthquake, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so just a real cool place of legacy, you know? Um, you know, each tradition has its pros and cons, I think, you know, and God can use all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had some really beautiful moments there growing up, you know, with my family around and, um, yeah, a and lot of fun. And so we're going to, we're going to fast forward now. So you're growing up in the church, you're doing do all of this stuff. You'd said when we were talking before we got on here that you, you'd had your rebel moments, right? Like those years where you just weren't following the Lord. Right. And, yeah, um, yeah. how did that get turned around? What happened? <clears throat> yeah, man, that's a great question, you know, and, and, uh, yeah, I mean, hindsight is always like, you realize later on, like what the, what the, what the wondering was about, what you were seeking, you know, what you're looking for. Yeah. Anyway, for me, it was, you know, um, I've always been kind of somebody that chased excitement, you know, and wanted wanted to be in the middle of what's happening kind of thing, you know? And, uh, you know, so whatever year I was, whatever, however old I was, you know, um, you know, just got into the partying and, you know, trying to be popular or have fun or just do whatever, you know, chasing the girls and all that stuff. Um, but actually it was at that, at the camp meeting one year, I was probably about, I don't know, 19, Mm-hmm. It's kind of like when this whole shift kind of happened for me, maybe even 18, I might've still been in high school, 17, 18, like when they're first started to, to kind of start like a little bit of like, like a, an itch inside of me and that wanted to be scratched. We were at the camp meeting and, and my dad was actually the volunteer youth pastor at the church for like 10 years. Mm-hmm. And, um, he has some cool stories, like just some really cool stories about how the Lord used him to like radically save some kids on the edge of, you know, taking their own life or, you know, that were entrapped in, in cult kind of stuff. And, wow. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so what he did is over that, over the camp meeting, well, it became a tradition to kind of like invite like a guest, a guest kind of like youth pastor, to like work with the kids and do fun stuff. And then, mm-hmm. you know, do Bible studies with the kids throughout the week and stuff like that. So he had somehow found this group of like a couple of young people from like a local christian college that mm-hmm. was like maybe 30 miles away and uh and so these cats come out and lo and behold these people are spirit-filled <laughs> and 
And uh, and not that they're in there like speaking in tongues and and all this stuff. Like maybe they were. I don't, I don't remember that. Like they weren't in there like putting on any kind of. Uh, they weren't at the Methodist Church putting any kind of radical display. But but uh, the one young woman that was kind of like like the main one. I think she was the one that actually got the job, and then she brought a few friends along. Mm-hmm. She was like an amazingly anointed worship leader. Yeah. And um, and I had never that I can recall experienced in that way the presence of god where i'm sitting there you know we're having like this worship time and i'm like feeling god's presence and it's like so incredible and and feels just like like you're alive and you just feel like this warmth and this peace you know and i'm just like yo what the hell is this this is great you know kind of thing is what i was thinking at the time and uh you know, of course, you know, so I started kind of having those encounters. I'm like, man, this is, I don't know what's going on here, but I started enjoying like worship time yeah. when it was like that, you know, you know, then I'd probably leave and go with my friends and cause some trouble, smash the mailboxes. Who knows what we were doing, you know, <laughs> being kind of punk kids, but there was, there became like this kind of like interest in like, Oh, there's something there. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and so, you know, fast forward a little bit. Um, I graduated high school. I moved back to Chicago and I, I forget exactly what the what the impetus was, but mm-hmm. um, I was I was living with some cousins, and one of them had they weren't like they weren't yet believers. Um, they had grown up Catholic, but one of them had had some interest in the things of the Lord. Uh, we had a mutual friend who actually is a good friend of mine now that he went to school with that had kind of that was very evangelistic and would always tell him about Jesus and you know mm-hmm. preach the gospel and stuff like that to him, and so. I was living with this dude and he started kind of asking me these questions and I'm like, I'm kind of like the Christian, like our family was like the Christian family on my dad's side of the family. Yeah. Um, for the most part, we, we were a little bit isolated in that. Um, it, uh, there was a couple others, but more kind of distant relatives anyway. Um, and I'm like, okay, well, you know, he's got these questions and stuff like that. And like, let me kind of dig in a little bit and see if I can, you know, at least kind of be like somewhat of an example. Cause I still had an awareness of like, I don't want to be a bad example. Yeah. You know, like I want to like for the Lord, like I still believed it and just <clears throat> wasn't connected in a very close way, at least from my experience, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I was, I just remember like looking in the book of acts and like reading these stories and I'm like, God, if this, if it's possible for you to interact with people like this now, yeah. Like I'm about that. Yep. And not even like, not even like for the sake of like seeing signs and wonders, but like the draw was like, if, if the God of the universe is willing to be that close to people on earth, well, definitely I would like to know him in that kind of way. That seems like super exciting. Right. Yeah. Again, kind of like, give me that rush, give me that adrenaline. I want to be where it's happening. You know, I'm like, <laughs> this seems like this is where it's happening. Like, dude, nothing bigger. The God of the universe is like showing up in people's lives and doing this stuff. Yeah. Like, Dude, that's nuts. I'm here for that. That's cool. You know, and um, and so, you know, so then it became that kind of like fan to flame a little bit more, you know, and fast forward just a little bit further down the road. And and my dad, um, and he's the volunteer youth pastor. He's like, hey, um, if you're interested in coming back down to the south for like a week or two, he's like, we're taking the kids on a, on a like a like a youth conference trip down in Florida. He's like, I need some chaperones. Mm-hmm. I'm like, bro, you called the wrong guy. You want me to chaperone your youth group kids? <laughs> uh, okay. He's, I'm like, I'm like, I, I mean, like, he's like, I just need you to keep him alive. You know, we're going to be down at the beach. Just keep him alive. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I'll go with you. He's like, it's free. I'm like, I'm, I'm there. Free trip to Florida. Just keep the kids alive. Deal. 
you know, when I say kids, like some of them are like a year younger than me, you know, like, you know, high school, middle school kids or whatever at the time, like 19, probably. So anyway, I go down to Florida with them. And I remember hearing this, this speaker named David Nasser. Mm-hmm. He's like, uh, I think he was from Iran originally and he was telling the story if i remember correctly basically like he'd be a believer and like his family tried to kill him really like he was like being hunted like had to flee because they were muslims you know and and whatever whatever sect whatever part of the islam faith they were like that was like you know like you're an infidel now and like you need to die kind of thing and i'm not saying that every single muslim was like that but that's how his family was you know right right um and so um so he's sitting here telling these stories and he's like you know, then it's like altar call time, right? And he has this great, like, kind of rousing, rousing speech slash question at the end. <laughs> you got me. Um, <laughs> that he's like, <laughs> like, well played, my my man, well played. Um, but he's like, he's like, dude, if you were living in a place where Christians were being persecuted, would there be enough evidence to convict you? And I just kind of had this image. I'm like, dude, if if there were like people that came in the back of the church with guns, were like, you know, like, and they knew like you're like your record as far as like if you're faithful like believing like really like knowing and trusting god you know mm-hmm. or walking with him or whatever i would get a free pass out of that sorry man you know, like that was my <laughs> thought i was like I, I was there's no way there's no there's not enough evidence to like convict to convince somebody that i'm yep. a believer and i'm like ow i'm like i don't like that dude that yeah. that hurts my feelings like that makes me kind of sad because like Cause I remember like as a very young child, like having an awareness on my own in my bedroom at night that like I needed a savior and feeling like Jesus, like basically kind of spoke, not audibly, but I just felt the sense like as a small child, like I'll be your savior. And I was like, please, thank you. And just this relief of like, wow, cool. You know? So like I I had like a personal knowledge of him at different points in my life. So anyway, I remember, I remember sitting there, you know, and, uh, you know, growing up as like a, like a pastor's kid, youth pastor's kid, right. There's always this kind of, it's tough to admit, um, you know, when you're, when you're weak or when you're not, you know, what people expect you to be kind of thing, you know, it's becomes kind of part of your identity, you know? And Mm -hmm. so it feels like if you, if you like go to the front, it feels like you're admitting that you've been lying, you know, or that you're fake, you know, kind of thing. So I remember I'm sitting there and like, and he's like, if you want whatever, whatever he said, basically, like, if you want, um, you know, to, to really be close to the Lord, then, you know, stand up, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I ain't standing up in front of these people. <laughs> <laughs> I have a ship road on this freaking youth trip. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. <clears throat> and I'm sitting there. I'm like, I'm like, I want, I want what I've been reading in the book of Acts. I want to know God more intimately. Like I want to, I just, I don't want to do this thing, you know? And it was like, I forget it all, like the, the chain of events at some point in that day or the next day or the day before, whatever it was, like, I felt like the, what the Lord was saying to me was like, Hey, Justin, you've been doing it your way for a long time. Now let me show you what I can do. Mm. And it was like, he, he posed it in the way of adventure and he mm. knows me and he knew exactly what my heart needed mm-hmm. to resound a yes back to him. Wow. And I still was like, uh, I'm like, I don't want to stand up in this place. And, and then I saw two of my cousins, like one on each side of me stand up. And I was like, <laughs> okay, you know, <laughs> or whatever, you know, but and part of that is like, you don't want like that moment, like the moment after that of like my sister been praying for me, just like being like, like tears of joy. Like I've been praying for you. I'm just like, 
damn it, you're going to make me cry, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Like, don't, I'm like, I love you too, but don't make a big deal out of it. Just like, you know, kind of thing. Um, so, so yeah, man, that was kind of the, you know, and there were some things like some, like some genuine change. Like, I'm so grateful that whatever the Lord did it with my yes, it like changed the desires of my heart. Um, like I didn't want the same things. Uh, they, like I was, it wasn't that they, like, I was like, Ooh, the sound of alcohol sounds horrible. And no, it was more like, it was more like I, like, it was like a door opened mm-hmm. and the light was spilling out. And I was like, I got to see what's inside of here, man. And yeah. so I was just walking into that doorway just like, I want to know what this is about. And, um, <clears throat> and from that point on, not that all my moments have been holy or perfect, but man, I mean, life got, life has been so freaking exciting since then, man. Yeah. And, uh, I couldn't be more grateful, you know, that the Lord knows me and, and pursues me and meets me where I'm at. And he's like, bro, I got things for you. I'm like, let's do it, Lord. <laughs> and so from, from there, you eventually become a youth pastor in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's like, you know, we could talk for hours and hours, long stories, but basically, <laughs> <clears throat> you know, kind of a cool thing like that, that worship leader gal from like those camp meetings, mm-hmm. um, she had, you know, kind of, we had, I think maybe at like that next camp meeting or whatever we had connected. And she's like, dude, like, you know, the Lord now it's like, yeah, man, like God's been doing cool stuff. Like I started to have like a couple of cool experiences, like seeing God do like kind of cool, miraculous things or encountering his presence during the worship times or whatever. And, and she was like, that's awesome. <clears throat> she's like, Hey, you know, I know I, I grew up as an artist, up, like drawing, um, sculpting kind of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, she's like, I know you're into the arts. She's like, do you want to do a mission trip with me? Uh, and I'm like, I was a carpenter, uh, you know, like generational carpenter and kind of grew up doing that with my dad on the weekends and stuff. And then, so now I graduated high school, I was doing carpentry. My first thought was like, dude, I'm not going to go for free to do carpentry in Mexico (laughs) or something. Like I get paid to do it. I don't like it. I don't like it when I get paid to do it. I'm not going on a mission trip to build some stuff, you know? Yep. And she's like, no, no, no. She's like, this is, this is a music and arts festival and it's in Hungary. I'm like, is that in Europe? She's like, yes. I was like, okay, cool. Um, you know, let me think about it. Anyway, long story short, I ended up going with her and a crew of people out to this, this music and arts. What they were doing was like training people like, uh, in, in Eastern Europe to use the arts for ministry. And so it was this cool gathering of people from all over the world, man, and just met some cool people. And when I was there, I met this dude that was with YWAM, Youth of the Mission. Yes. And uh, and he's like, dude, you got to check out YWAM. I'm like, tell me about that. And he's like, it's this and this to establish a training school and you do these things and it's radical and you go out for six months and you do this outreach to different nations and like you hear all these speakers that tell you all these crazy things they've seen God do. I'm like, that does sound pretty cool, man. But like, you know, let me like think about it, pray about it, you know? Um, at that point I was still like, I was having some like really cool encounters and like even saw like, even like in preparation for that trip, like, like had like, we were doing some kind of minute missions, like outreach thing at like music festival in, in the States. And like, even like had prayed over somebody and the Lord healed this person radically from like severe, severe arthritis where they could barely walk. Whoa. And I prayed for this girl and she's like 10 minutes later, she's running around. I'm just like, what is going <laughs> on? You know? So, <clears throat> so even though like I'm having these cool experiences, I'm like, man, Jesus, you're so close. Like, dude, the, the act stuff, like you're near, like, this is great, man. You're awesome. Um, still like, I remember like being like at that music festival out in, in Hungary, 
you know, like they'll have like morning worship time with all like the, like the volunteers there and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I still remember the the feeling like, again, like God's doing some stuff, but like still I, I like the song. Um, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes. Yes, Lord. Like what, however mm-hmm. the tune is, I forget. But I started being like, this song is so freaking annoying. I hate this song, <laughs> you know? So I'm over here like a mission, a missionary, like on this mission trip or whatever. I'm just like, I'm not raising my hands to this song, man. This is, this, I do not like this song, you know, kind of thing. And, uh, you know, so I started those edges where I'm like, you know, I, and like, not just like, just cause it was like, had Jesus on it. Didn't mean I was like all about it, like in every yeah, single way, yeah. you know? Um, so, <laughs> so sorry, a little cough there. Um, but basically, anyway, um, so I, I didn't end up going to Wyoming, but I went back to that same mission trip the next year. And the same dude was there. He's like, do you got to check out YWAM, man? And and I had like a bunch of radical experiences over that past year. Yeah. Like got filled with the spirit, man. Like saw tons of like, not tons, but like saw some miracles. Like saw some people get saved, like had cool encounters with the Lord and um, like really had like intimate moments with him where it was like he would. And he was speaking and doing all this cool stuff. And, um, and so I remember saying like, let me pray about it. And right after that, like I went into this worship set and there was a woman from New Zealand who was leading worship. And there was these two songs. I don't remember which ones they are, but there were two songs that like, were like always on my heart that I would like sing and worship just like with the Lord. Yeah. And she sings these two songs in a row, like those two songs in a row. And they weren't even like necessarily contemporary. Like one, like one was a bit obscure, and the other one was like some people knew it kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so it's not like it was like the same, the same six songs every church does Sunday morning it was nothing like that. And I'm like, okay, I feel like I'm going to do this, this discipleship school. And again, like this woman's from New Zealand, who's which is like where this guy was saying you should go to New Zealand. I'm like, I don't know where New Zealand is. And I go into this worship tent, this worship leader from New Zealand sings these two songs. I'm yeah, like, okay, that's where I'm I going. did my DTS. I'm going to I'm going to what? Yeah. Oh, did you? I did, where? yeah. Oxford. Oxford, New Zealand. I did the uh, around the world in 80 Killer, days. man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so fun, man. Blew me away, man. What year was that? 2006. Yeah. Oh, cool, man. So a little more recent. That's fun, man. Yeah. I mean, that's still, that's still 15, 15 years ago. Wow. Yeah, you're crazy. recent. I'm recent. I'm oh. like, no, that was, that was over 15 years ago. <laughs> more recent. Man, yeah. I did mine, I think, like 2002 or something like that. But yeah, that's a long time ago. I mean, time flies. Yeah, it um, does. But yeah, I was in I was in the the Mangare base, like Auckland, basically, like, right? Okay. Just, yep. Like mm-hmm. right, just a little bit outside of Auckland. Mm-hmm. Um, there there was a pretty good sized base there. Like King's Kids was there, and then a couple other ministries so were there. So did you the, have the president um, at the time? Go ahead. Sorry, sorry, please. No, I was going to say the president at the time, Frank Nye. You know, like lived like mm-hmm. right in the area. Yep. And, you know the. Kiwi president. Yeah. Uh, you were going to ask me about Mark Parker. Probably, I was uh, going to ask Marky. you about Mark Parker. <laughs> Mark Parker. <laughs> Mark Parker. Man, uh, what a guy. I, you know, I saw, or I, I saw or chatted with that dude. Maybe like, I think when I went, when I had been out in, in Kona, the Kona YWAM yep. base working out there doing some film stuff. I, I think I connected with him at some point. Maybe he was even at the base or something but just what a great guy he's awesome he so we <laughs> invited him to come and speak we did a men's summit um in 2017 so that year so i see the cool. heart of man right messes me up totally just gets me right back where i needed to be right and i'm invited <laughs> to come back to kona a year to the day after we left 
to speak at a men's summit. Wow. And Mark Parker was cool. one of the guys. And I hadn't seen Mark since 2007. So 10 years. Wow. And he, I get there and I'm just walking through the campus and I hear, there's my little army man, you know, because that's what he called me because I came yeah. fresh out of the army <laughs> <laughs> to New Zealand. Yeah, and he's like, I'm a little army I man. I can see the look on his <laughs> I could see the I could see the look of joy in his face as he says it. Like, yeah, I remember. Oh this man, it was total joy so, in his face. It was so great to see him. I sat um, for he was there for he was there doing something else as well. But I had an opportunity for about two or three days to just spend with Mark, and I mean, wow, it was awesome. It was it was so good. But so sorry. Continue, 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 yeah. please. No, no, man, that's true. <laughs> I mean, that's. You know, there's something so cool about, you know, use of the mission is so unique and fun. You get these people, you know, that are sharing their stories, not not their theology, not their, you know, guesstimates, but like, here is what I have seen God do. Here exactly. is no, here is who I've known him to be. Yep. And it goes from theory to just like, hey, let's experience God, yeah. you know, and it's so freaking great, man. It's yeah. just like, dude, that's. That's so, it's so beautiful. And, you know, this guy, he talks about the father's heart of God or the father heart of God. Right. Um, and, uh, I'm sure amongst other things, but I think that's what he, what he was kind of known yep. for. And, uh, gosh, man, you know, to, to hear somebody that knows the Lord so intimately, um, you know, he, you're the things he's saying about God, you're just like, man, like, it's so inspiring. Like I want to know the Lord that way. Right. Like Man. when you hear these people talking, but it's just topic after topic after topic about different things that people have seen God do and then invite you to, to experience that part of God. Well, it's just like, there's nothing like it. It's just so fantastic. Yeah. And I love that. And he's an older guy. He was like in his fifties when we saw him and he's got maybe, no, I think yeah. it's maybe in his sixties, maybe late fifties, early sixties. And the dude has so much energy. I'm like, I wish I had a yeah, quarter yeah. of your energy, Mark. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, yeah, dude. Uh, <clears throat> man, just what a gift, you know, when you think about it, it's people like that where you're like, and again, it's not about his holiness or how perfect he is, but when you meet a guy with him, it's the genuine. character, the love and personality like that, you're like, yeah, yeah, it's genuine. And you think like, if this dude is this cool, how freaking cool yeah. must the Lord be? Yeah. Like when you really like get to know him, you know? Yeah, he made, you know he the, the just, fruit of the spirit, like loving, patient, peaceful, kind, joyful. You know, like those—that's who God is. You know, yeah. Like man, I remember we were on—I was on my DTS and he was doing the Father Heart talk, and he was actually having a, a gentleman had asked this question, and you know, Mark's fiery and just tries to break down all your walls, and he'll do it any way you can. And this, and this, and at this one moment, he goes. Uh, in his little, in his little New Zealand accent, he's like, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this out. And the guy goes, yeah, I know I'm a rocket scientist. And that was like, <laughs> the guy's like, it was Doug's, it was, uh, it was Doug's literal job it was like, he was a rocket scientist. That is great. And he was like, oh really? And we were That's like, hilarious. What yeah, a moment. Yeah. He's, he's a really, really a rocket scientist. And so quite fun. Quite fun. What do you know? Yeah. So. <laughs> So did you do your DTS before you became a pastor? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I was doing construction at the time, mm -hmm. um, you know, working again for my dad or somebody, somebody else in the area and, uh, you know, building houses and stuff. And, um, 
you know, then felt this, this calling to go out into missions. Um, I had always kind of felt not always, but, you know, since like I had asked the Lord, you know, to kind of take the wheel. Yeah. Um, you know, there had been kind of this like missions calling. It's fun too, man. Cause even before that, like, I remember when I graduated high school back in 1999, nine, nine, so long ago, <laughs> um, uh, somebody asked me like, dude, like, what do you want to do? Like, what's your dream job? I'm like, I, I don't know. Like I almost went to art school, but it was like a kind of a weird vibe. It wasn't, I was, you know, used to rural Georgia and it, it wasn't really for me, but, um, but I was like, man, my perfect job would be to travel the world and meet people. I don't know man. what kind of job that would be, but I mean, I would be into it, you know? Yeah. And then this kind of call to missions. I'm like, I'm like, man, this scratches all the itches. You know, this is like <laughs> experiencing God on the move, like traveling the world and like meeting people of all cultures all around the world. And just like the world being opened up, like knowing the coolest person in the whole universe, God, and like working for him, like working with him and his awesome company called kingdom. It's like a global network of awesomeness. <laughs> and I was, it was just so kingdom. cool. You know, that's awesome. Yeah. And it's just like, this is great, you know? So, <laughs> so yeah, I, I did that. And then, um, I got back from DTS and kind of felt, I felt led to, to be back in the Chicago area. And my brother was a youth pastor at, at a church there yeah. uh, and he was going to college, you know, finishing yeah. up his university there. And so, I jumped in as like, like one of the volunteer youth leaders with him and started going to university, like a small Christian school, um, university outside of Chicago, about an hour. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and in the, in that process, like super cool, like saw the Lord do a lot of cool things with these kids and, you know, like they really encountered the Lord and it was just, it was awesome. And, um, and I, and I went to school there and then about, a year and a half, two years into being there, my brother is like, Hey, I'm going back to Georgia to start a church. And the pastor and I want you to take over as youth pastor. I'm like, well, cool. And we pray about it, you know, and yeah. the Lord confirmed like, you know, like, yeah, I have this, this is what I have for you right now. Like go for it. And so I ended up doing that for five and a half years. Um, so I did that part-time while I was in school, finished college, and then did it for full time for like three and a half years or so. I went to school late. So if the timeline feels a little messed up, it's because it is. No, I, I didn't start college, I think, till I was like 22 or something like that. No, it's cool, man. I didn't start college. I was in my 30s. So you're good. <laughs> you're right on. <laughs> yeah. Never too late. Never too late. Yep. Yep. And so you did that. For, anyway, I forget what your question was. So but, <laughs> it was just, you were, you were yeah, talking about, we were talking about youth pastors. So, okay. So you did that five and a half years. And this is where we're, we're getting to now. Yeah. We're coming into what you're doing now. So you're coming into you're, it. You're a youth pastor, five and a half years, changing lives, educating yourself. And he says to go where? Yeah. So I'm living in Chicago. It's like January of 2010, I think, somewhere. It was wintertime. It was like there was like a foot of snow on the ground. Ugh, gross. And. I get up one morning and I'm like laying in there in bed and like, for whatever reason, like the thought comes to mind, like just ask, ask the Lord. I'm like, Lord, what's on your mind? What are you thinking today? <laughs> and he just, and he just says to me, Hawaii. That's not a hard thing and to I'm say like, no to. No, I'm like, <laughs> I look outside the snow and I think I look back and I'm like, Lord, is that really you? Like, is this Justin? <laughs> like, certainly this is, so I'm like, I'm like, 
And I felt like, no, like Hawaii, like really like resonate inside of me. I like, it was this new thought very clear. And I'm like, this is so weird. And I'm like, okay, well, Lord, if this is you, like, I'm going to need some confirmation, yeah. right? Like, tell me more kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then over the course of the next, like, I don't remember, like a couple of weeks, like kind of more, you know, clarity. Like I really felt like the Lord was saying, like, um, there is an event taking place in Hawaii that you're going to be a part of. I'm like an event. I don't, I don't know anything about Hawaii. I only stopped through there for like a couple hours on my way to New Zealand, uh, on my way to and and back from New Zealand for my, my discipleship training school. And then as I'm thinking about that, I'm like, actually, I think I remember reading in this book, is that really you God, uh, you know, kind of founding of YWAM story. So good, dude. Such a good book. So full of miraculous stories and leadings. It's so cool. It's really good. Anyway. Um, I remember reading that book. Actually, I, I used to grab like five copies at a time and just like hand the people because it's just so, so uh, fills you with faith and so much <laughs> so joy. So good. Excitement. Yeah. Just God can do anything, right? Um, so anyway, so um, so I'm like, I think I remember reading in that book that there was a YWAM base. I remember them talking about this house on a hill in Kona. This like big house that the Lord like gave to them kind of thing. I'm like, okay, well, let me check out Kona and see what's happening there. And so lo and behold, there's the, a big celebration taking p- place at the end of the year. It was the 50th anniversary celebration of wow. YWAM's founding. <clears throat> I'm, like, I'm like, okay, so maybe this is the Lord. Cause I'm like Hawaii randomly. And then like, there's a big event you're gonna be a part of. I'm like, I don't know people. What's a big event. And I see this thing and the Lord's like, that's it. I'm like, okay, so I'm gonna go to Hawaii to go to this event. This is crazy. Like, how am I going to get there? And like, I'm a youth pastor. I'm not, poor poor but i don't like i'm i can't just like cool i'm going to hawaii you know kind of thing <laughs> and um and so and and this is you know the lord kind of just kind of keeps like giving like these breadcrumbs along the way and like i feel this like this like reminder like whether it was me or the lord i hadn't thought about it in the longest time but i had some like frequent flyer miles from like having gone on mission trips over to europe you know like the last two years yeah or a couple of years previous or whatever um and some other mission stuff and and so I called Delta. I'm like, hey, how many points do I have? They're like, oh, you're missing this many. I'm like, oh, man. Um, they're like, but we have a credit card offer right now. If you get our credit card, make any purchase and pay it <laughs> off within the first, you know, on time, then you get this amount of bonus points. I'm like, any purchase? They're like, yeah. I'm like, send me the card. So they send me the card. I literally buy a pack of gum and, <laughs> and they give me the miles I need. I literally just bought a pack of gum and they gave me the miles I needed. So I had my ticket to Hawaii now. That's awesome. I'm like, this is nuts. And uh, I'm like, well, where am I going to stay? And it turns out they had set up like a little tent village on their on their soccer field for people that were coming in that needed a place to stay. It was like eight bucks a night or something. I'm like, great. So I stayed in town with some random dude from Brazil for a week. It was amazing. That does not <laughs> suck. That is awesome. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so so all these things happen. <clears throat> and uh, sorry if your listeners keep hearing like coughing. I have uh, like, they'll get uh, over allergies. They'll get I'm, over I'm it. still a carpenter when, I, when I'm not... Uh, well, if it's just like, what is that weird noise that keeps happening? But, uh, you know, ironically and, and sadly enough, I'm a carpenter still, and uh, I'm very sensitive to sawdust. Yeah, <laughs> so of all things. If I don't wear like a ventilator mask, when I cut more than like three boards, then it's like it just jacks my face up for like two weeks uh, <laughs> over that. So anyway. Um, so you're heading to so, YWAM. So we get close to the – so yeah, I'm going I'm – going, I'm going to, to Hawaii to this 50th anniversary celebration and, and I'm, I'm like, Lord, what's this about? You know, I'm just like, what, what's this about? What's going on? He's like, I'm going to speak to you about the plans I have for your future. 
And I was like, whoa, yeah, I'm going to speak to you the plans I have for your future. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Um, I didn't have any anticipation for it, like being anything right. Like I thought maybe it was like, you will be a person that is loving and kind in the world. I'm like, okay, well, it's, yeah, <laughs> you know, like, but it, it, you know, the Lord ended up being, he ended up being very specific, you know, anyway. So, so I get out to Hawaii. I'm like, what should I do? Like, I'm out here. What I do? And like for the first couple of days, like just enjoy yourself, you know? So just had the best time, met some great people, um, just had a great time. And, uh, and in the middle of that, um, probably after being there for two days, um, he says to me, walk toward the visions I've given you in the past. And I was like, wow. Okay. So two things came to mind. The first thing that came to mind was a vision that I had right before I went into YWAM. I went to this like amazing, like, like retreat that is all about showing people, whoever's there at the retreat, like the volunteers just like lavish God's love on you. I mean, yeah. just like ridiculous. Like the whole thing is like experiencing God's love. Awesome. <clears throat> you know, they're feeding you meals and like, they're like, they're like, have like people like rotating, going around as you're eating your dinner, just like give you like a little back massage, you know, like, <laughs> you know, just like, <laughs> I mean, just lavish, just kindness, you know? Um, and so when we were there, like the last night you're there and it was just a bunch of college age guys. It was kind of like, it was like that demographic. And the last night you're there, they load you into a van. They don't tell you where you're going and they just drive off into the night. And I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> they were buttering us up. Here it comes. We're all being trafficked or something. You know? yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, um, <clears throat> but they take you, they take you to this church. And this is like, I think in like North or South Carolina. So it's a couple hours drive. They take you to this church. You roll up It's dark there, but you walk inside and they open up the sanctuary. And inside is a bunch of your friends and family that have driven several hours simply to be there. When you walk into this church, everybody has candles and just to hug you and tell you that they love you. And then they're wow. on their freaking way. They literally come there just to like love on you for like five minutes and then drive four hours back home. Wow. Like, it's just, it's just like that. You feel like you're like walking into heaven. It's just, it was wild. Anyway. So we're in this place and, um, and there's like worship music and it's just kind of like soaking kind of people spread out, just like spending time, like, worshiping, talking to the Lord, praying. And um, I had like a very, very, very open dialogue with God that was like very question, answer, response. Like it was really, really cool. Probably one of the more radical kind of like dialogues I've had with God before. Mm -hmm. And in the middle of those moments, I had this vision that, that like popped into my mind. It was like so clear that it was like a movie was playing, right? Mm -hmm. And I saw starting out in California, like kind of North central California, I saw like a little fire, like a little fire kind of emoji. What <laughs> is what it could look like kind of thing. And then I saw like, it's like this like beam of light shoot out like fire light, like a beam shoot out. Mm -hmm. So like, like another location, like, like in Northern parts of the States. And then, and like in this beam of light, there were like little, like, like little men figures. And it was like, it just meant to me, like there's disciples being sent out mm -hmm. and then anywhere the fire would land, like another fire would start. So it was like, like fire revival or something spreading. And it just kept spreading more beams of light kept coming out and spreading from one to the next. Next thing you know, like I see the pullback, like the whole earth is like covered in these flames. And like the cross is like on the top and it's like Jesus lifted high the whole earth is engulfed mm -hmm. in these flames, you know? And I, like, I didn't know what it meant. I just felt like somehow I was going to be a part of this fire starting 
somewhere along the way, you know, like maybe even like the original spot. So I was like, man, that was crazy. So that was the first vision that came to mind when he said walk toward the visions. And the second one was back. I actually looked up later on. I think it was back like in 2008. I had had this idea for whatever reason. I was like, man, I was like, I somehow want to be a part of making a movie that is about King David and his mighty men, like, like about like 300 style, like just like really cool, really gnarly, great action and just really well done. I think that would be amazing. I had no filmmaking experience. Like, <clears throat> like I thought it'd be cool to be an actor as a kid, but like no filmmaking, like none of that. And I didn't know how it'd be a part of it, but I just felt like I would like to do that. And that that's the second thing that came to mind when the Lord said, walk toward the visions. I'm like, okay. So I, you know, this is like on the way to like one of these like corporate gatherings and we get to the gathering, we're sitting down and, you know, the first thing that pops up, maybe they had like some like worship time for a minute, like international music kind of um, showcase or something. But then everybody sits down, they're about to start kind of their presentation, all this stuff. And, and the first thing that pops up is this video. And the video is a Hawaiian fire dancer spinning a fire in a dark space. Yeah. He's spinning this fire around and he, he leans over to another fire spinner and lights lights his torch and he's spinning the fire and they start lighting each other. And next thing you know, you pull back and it's a picture of the globe covered in small fires. No and way. And the theme of this freaking conference is the theme of the freaking conference is the flame goes forward. And I was like, <laughs> what the actual F man is going on here? This is weird and cool. Uh, like my mouth was agape. Yeah. To say the least. Yeah. So I was like, man, I wish so. I wish I brought somebody with that knew all the crazy stuff that happened so we could freak out together in this moment, you know? <laughs> so anyway, right after, right after I see this video, uh, this dude named David Cunningham gets up on the stage and his parents, Lauren and Darlene, founded Youth of the Mission. And David gets up on stage and says, hey, guys, my name's David. I'm a filmmaker. Um, and just want to share with you about a cool project. Are they doing we just, God of War? Or is it it's man? It's called Day of War. Day of it War? Day of War. Oh. Yeah, so, so he gets up <laughs> and he says, and again, right, like the second thing the Lord like kind of put on my heart to walk David's forward was this mighty David film. As right after the flame goes forward video, David kind of gets up. He's like, I'm making this King David and his mighty man. We just got the book rights and just wanted to share, like, this is super cool. We're going to make it like epic 300 style, like just really, really well made action film about King David and his mighty men. And now, dude, I'm like, what <laughs> seriously is happening? Lord, you told me one random morning to go to Hawaii. Told me I was going to be a part of it. Worked all, all the details. You know, told me you're going to speak to me about the plans for my future. And then I get there and you tell me about, remember these visions and that this happens like right afterward. And <clears throat> so I don't know what to do with it. I, I think I tried to connect with, with David or some other people. And it was just, I, I wasn't able to get a hold of anybody. This is like post that. But anyway, so I, I leave Hawaii. Yep. I get back to, to my life. And like six days later, like the next Sunday, a church split starts to take place in the church I was working at. And I'm like, what is going on, man? This is so wild. And, uh, you know, it was no scandal, just a bunch of people that wanted different things, you know, yeah. and they were ready to, to fight for it. So, yeah. the you know, in the middle of that, they're like, you know, they just want a fresh start, like get rid of the pastor, get rid of the uh, youth pastor. And uh, I just see the scene from Monty Python. Burn! <laughs> <you know? laughs> 
<laughs> yes. She's a witch yes. burner. Bro, <laughs> nailed it. Enough said. You, you nailed it. You nailed it. Truly, Jeff is a prophet. Yes, um, you heard it here. You heard it here, everybody. That's that's right, man. That was the situation. <laughs> and uh, in the middle of all that, man, the Lord is like, ignore it. I'm like, I'm so frustrated because I'm like, there are a lot, like, this is easily solved disagreements. I'm like, it's just a conversation. Like, somehow I was the mature person in the room and I was the youngest one there. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, guys, let's talk about this. Like, look, man, we, we can work through this. Like, this, let's like hear each other and like honor each other. And it's like, nope, we just want to, we just want a clean slate. Everybody's gone. It's like, okay. In the middle of that, I felt like the Lord's like, hey, man, you're, you're released. I release you. You can resign. So mm. I did. I resigned even though I was like going to be there for 30 days, help him transition, get a new pastor. And, um, but cool. Like letter of resignation, like I'm out, um, in the middle of that, the Lord's like, don't worry about, but there was still like all this fury and controversy, even after I made that decision, because I was still there working. Right. I'm still in the middle of all this stuff. And I'm still like feeling it for the pastor who doesn't feel called to leave. And, um, and in the middle of that, the Lord's like, and they're, and they're saying things against me, just like he's this and he's that. And just like, what are you talking about? Like, just insane and um and in the middle of all that the lord's like like don't even think about it i'm taking you you know to the next place i have for you i'm, I'm taking you to be a part of this film or this king david film i'm like what are you talking about and like imagine dude like this whole whirlwind and like here i just quit my job like i have no idea what's going on like there's all this controversy that's like just people bickering and lying and fighting and all this stuff. And everything's so weird. And the Lord's like, the Lord's literally saying to me, don't even think about the the turmoil. Like I'll handle that. You just get ready. I'm taking you to be a part of the film. And I'm like, so like off kilter, (laughs) kilter. I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. Everything's so different and weird and new. And so I start pursuing that, you know, and in the middle of all that, I'm like, I'm like, Lord, how how am I supposed to be a part of this? Whatever. I'm having a hard time getting a hold of people. And, and I'm reminded about this, this film school I heard of when I was out in Kona and I remember hearing some friends talk about this film school they have. And, and they were like, Oh, this would be so cool to do. And I'm like, that does sound cool, but I would never do it. I have, you know, life and a job back home. And so in the middle of this turmoil, I just feel like this reminder for Lord of like check into the film school. I'm like, man, I've always wanted to be an actor. Is that 24 frames? Yeah. 24 frames all is the ministry. And then they had the school of acting for the screen and the school of digital filmmaking. And you know, so I was like, you know, in my, in my generosity toward the Lord, I was like, Lord, if it fits my schedule, I'll consider it. <laughs> so generous. <laughs> and he's like, well Justin, done. you're so generous toward me. Um, I'll, I'll let you have your way. And you're then, like, I've given anyway, you my so, Sundays and Wednesdays for quite a while. Now, yes. Lord. Let me figure yes. this out. <laughs> That's right, Lord. Remember your place in my life. Yes, he's remember, like, I am. remember where you fit. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so anyway, so they had this acting school, man. And so, I, you know, it was kind of like crazy, um, you know, beautiful moments, man, like where just a lot of people came together. It was like kind of like it's very much like an, and it's a wonderful life moment where it's like my birthday was coming up. This church will happen. I'm going to move to Hawaii. Yeah. And like some people have like this huge surprise party. I had no idea. It was like 30 people there, 40 people there, like tons of people came and like everybody's like throwing money into a basket for like just like real George Bailey stuff, man, just throwing money in the basket. Let's get Justin out to his calling. And, uh, and I went up to Hawaii and I had my first ever acting class on my 30th birthday. No, And way. it just felt so much like this. The Lord knows. Yep. That is and, uh, freaking awesome. <laughs> the rest is history, man. So 
You're lucky, man. I spent my 30th birthday at a stupid bar in Cinco Ranch, Texas. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you, you were probably having more fun than I was. Uh, let me tell you, man. man. Being the oldest guy in the room with the least amount of experience is a very, very sad and humbling way to spend your 30th birthday when you feel so tiny and so helpless. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like being the that older gentleman in the room because I feel like – because I, I – I do really, really enjoy and love individuals. And my friends that hear this are going to be just be like, whatever, dude. But some of them might just be like, yeah, that's it. Like my wife, she's like, uh, when we meet friends, they're like, oh, what was your first impression of Jeff? They were like, he was kind of like real stern looking, like maybe mean. <laughs> and she's like, what? He loves like everyone. <clears throat> and so yeah. she'd be, she'd come in and be she'd be like, did you have a good time? I was like, I had a great time. She's like, well, could you please, you know, that class line, notify your face? Because everyone just <laughs> you thinks the you're... RBF, bro. Yeah, uh, totally. I do. I do. And, um, it's, uh, yeah, I like being the old man. Cause I can just sit in the back while I'm really enjoying myself, but that just sits there like this permanent veteran scowl. And nobody wants to bother you. Yeah. Want, and I'm just like, what a snap at them. <laughs> oh, I love it. But at the same time, you know, <laughs> but yeah. So acting at 30, how was that? Like, how did, I mean, you, you do the school you're with, um, the school and it's in Kona, correct? Yep. That's okay. right. And are you working with, at the same time, do you guys work with, um, uh, GVS? So global virtual studio GVS is something that David Cunningham started to be able to, uh, collaborate with artists yeah. from around the world mm -hmm. to make films more efficiently and more creatively. And, um, <clears throat> no, so they had started something called the film Institute, which is kind of like, you know, like after this, the filmmaking schools, like if you want to take the next step kind of toward the industry, but still kind of keep a little bit of that kind of community. Um, then they started this kind of like internship type thing. Okay. <clears throat> and okay. so, well, you know, cause I was trying to get a hold of David, right? I mean, he said this huge thing about this film. That's what brought me out to Hawaii. And, yeah. and then, so I heard he was involved in the school somehow. So I'm like, maybe I'll meet him at some point. Well, at week two, he was speaking at the schools and I'm like, let me, I'm like, I got to talk to this guy, but let me do it in a way that's not like, hey, man, the Lord told me I'm going to work on your movie with you. I'm sure <laughs> Hire he, me now. He hears that you know? all the time, right? Because he's living. Exactly. With yeah, <laughs> exactly. But I but I very calmly went up to him and, and he has this this um he had a lady at the time uh, that was like like a she was like his prayer warrior. Like that was her calling was yeah. that she prayed for the film industry. Dude, this lady did a tour to every major film district in the country like where there are theaters and prayed over the theaters, like a two month what? tour praying over theaters. Dude, really? she's like fully committed yeah, to the industry. That's her mission field to like seeing, um, and not just like may all the films that come to these theaters be Christian. You know, she like prays for actors, directors, prays for influencers, prays for, films that get made whether christian or not like just like full on and she was like praying for david like all the time like when he's on set and stuff like that wow and she was there and so i and i talked to david and it connected with her you know i'm like hey here's the story and here's what the lord did and she's like i believe you and i think that you know basically like i think the lord has brought you here and like and david's like cool let's when you're done with your school let's talk and maybe you can come work with us and so you know they're, they're like dude look you're like the interns like it's mostly like for these kids are like 22 he's like you're 30 you're a pastor like you have certain skill sets like 
do you want to come on like more like a staff role and kind of work with like mentoring the interns that come in? Yeah. I'm like, dude, yeah, whatever. Like, I don't know. You know, you know, I did the acting school. Um, want to keep doing that, but yeah, I'm in for it. So I ended up jumping in with those guys, but it was funny because I was trying to get a hold of David. I couldn't, you know, trying to figure out this whole film thing. And like at the end of this week of him teaching, now this is the cat. I'd like, he shared this, like the Lord spoke. And then this guy spoke the same thing. And so I'm like very in awe of all of this stuff that's going on. And, you know, I get to chat with this guy. And like, at the end of the week, he invites the whole school up to his house to do like marshmallow roast or something like that. And we end up, we're playing like sardines or something. And I just had this funny moment with the Lord where I'm just like, I'm just like giggling to myself because it's me, David Cunningham and his daughter laying down in the bed of his pickup truck hiding because we're the sardines. I think it's like a YWAM (laughs) game, right? Like, I don't remember how many times on how many bases I've played sardines, dude. I love it. Fun for the whole family. I'd play. I hope I'm playing that when I'm 80, dude. Like, seriously, I'll just need help getting (laughs) in the back of a pickup truck. Yeah. <laughs> Don't count to 60, count to like, you know, 480. Give me a little yeah. more time. I'll be moving a little bit slower, but I can do it. A little slower. Yep. That's <laughs> hilarious, man. Yeah. So- yeah, just very, very cool. So you meet him and then uh, what? how does that go? Because I don't think they've done the Man of War. The heart, uh, Yeah, the, the Day of War. Day of yeah. War, Day of uh, War, sorry. Yeah, yeah. it was a, a trilogy called Line of War series. Really um, good, really good books. Yeah. Yeah, really good books for my Cliff Graham. Um, anyway, so I end up working with those guys. And, you know, a variety of things we end up doing. They end up, they're starting to build film studios on the actual YWAM base, so we're helping out with that. And my background in construction, I end up kind of jumping in as like a, one of like the managers or leaders of those different building projects um, as far as like coordinating volunteers and leading the volunteers. And uh, so we did a variety of things, man. We just we had a great time, and all the while they're developing this this Day of War film, and um, and it still hasn't gotten made. You know, this is ten years ago. Yeah, um, it's gone through different you know iterations of almost being uh, you know greenlit and funded and all this stuff. And I, I'm sure that it's still kind of always there to to be made. I'm not sure what's going on with it right now, but um, we just had some beautiful times, man. We had a great community there. Uh, yeah, we just, we had a blast, you know, just working on developing this thing, um, was so cool. And I learned so much just sitting in the room with these guys, you know, and, and listening and, uh, you know, essentially like in, in many ways, like learned how to, how to be a producer just by sitting in the room and listening to these people and every now and then, you know, give some input or ask a question. Yeah. I mean, you know, at least as much as I know about producing, I'd learned from a lot of those situations, you know? Right. And, um, and yeah, man, just what a gift, you know? Absolutely. So how did you go from that to getting cast in the heart of man? Yeah. A great question, man. So, so I was there and we had some cool stuff going on too, man. We ended up, um, creating this thing called the GBS global virtual studio transmedia accelerator. And it was this, um, it was a business accelerator basically for entertainment franchises uh, where there was some public and private funding that came together to, to basically give like a seed fund uh, investment in, in a company that had a good idea to take, to make an entertainment franchise that had three streams of revenue as part of the, the business plan. And I got to, I got to, to be the director of outreach and communication for that. So I was doing PR, traveling to islands, headhunting, 
brands to possibly interview to be a part of this accelerator. Um, and even before that, you know, it's cool because again, like travel the world to meet people was kind of the, the thing. Yeah. And, um, you know, I had spent so many years of public speaking in front of, you know, groups for, you know, doing ministry stuff. And I ended up even as the, the day of war thing was still happening, you know, this is around like 2012, uh, 2013, I ended up going out on the road and doing different kind of PR and kind of crowdfunding, uh, you know, campaigns and even getting on the stage in front of like 70,000 people at a huge Christian music concert, concert and talking about the film that was, you know, being developed and, you know, where to check out the books and all this stuff. So I ended up being able to do some fun stuff that wasn't quite acting, but it was still fun to get up in front of crowds, you know, and get people hyped and share messages and stuff like that. And so at the end of that, the Transmedia Accelerator thing, you know, I, I was doing that for six months out there and I was like, man, I really, I really want to be an actor, man. Like I want to get back in front of the camera. It's been a couple of years now. I've done like small, like little commercial thing there, whatever on, on the big Island. And uh, my family lives in Atlanta. I heard that there's a big film boom here and I'm like, cool, I can go back, you know, crash at my dad's place while I kind of get my feet back underneath me, do some construction as I, you know, get an age and get back in acting classes and, and just go for it. Yeah. And so at the end of like 2014, I left to go, came back to Atlanta. I was here for a month. Actually, right before I left, my uh, some of my buddies that, that live and work out there in Hawaii, um, one of my buddies, Joel Angel, would be kind of a local producer, fixer for, for this film that, about the prodigal son that was coming out to shoot in Hawaii, potentially. And he's like, man, you got you to gotta submit your reel for this role. Mm-hmm. Like a demo reel is like a, like clips of your work you send in and they see what kind of work you can do. And then they mm-hmm. give you an audition or not based on your expertise, you know? And so I was like, like taking forever is like, uh, you know, on an iPad, like learning how to edit a reel together, like with my <laughs> finger, you know, it's like, it like 75 hours later when it's a friend yeah. of mine now, like seven and a half minutes. Yep. Um, I get this reel, I, I submit it and I'm back in Georgia. So the month later, like to the day that I left Hawaii and I get a call that they want to give me a call back just based off my reel. And I'm like, whoa, dude, that's crazy. A callback is, you know, kind of you make it to the next round. Mm-hmm. And and they're like, dude, we'd love to see you out in Hawaii, but we understand you're in Georgia. If you can't make it, that's fine. You can, you can, you know, tape something and send it into us. And I'm like, I'm like, I want this role. Like I like I want to tell the story. And and I remember again, the Lord like tickle in the back of my mind is like, I have a plane ticket that I have to use before the end of the month or else like an old plane ticket, I can't cancel a flight. So basically I had a free flight to Hawaii Bummer. and I'm like, I'm coming to Hawaii. So I, I want to get in the room with these guys. So I fly out to Hawaii. I'm nervous, bro. This is my first, maybe I'm, I think it was maybe my first or second, like bigger audition, or, you know, an actual like decent role, you know? And so I get in the room with these guys and we're in there playing around and, and doing stuff. And and you, know, you don't even going speak, through the beats. you don't even speak in the movie. So what was yeah. your audition like? Dude, it's a lot of, um, I don't remember if we did any stuff with lines, um, like just to kind of see what it, what it brings out kind of thing. But yeah, basically just going through all the scenes or a lot of the scenes, you know, a chunk of the scenes and like, here's what's going on in this. Here's what's happening. They're bringing another actor to work with me. And so I was in the audition room for an hour and a half with those guys, wow. which as an actor, you know, like if 
anybody that's listening to us that is acting, you know that if you're in the audition room for an hour and a half, it's a very, very good thing. <laughs> if you're in there for if you're in there for twelve seconds, they're probably not going to hire you're you. Probably, you know? yeah, they're going to say thank you. We appreciate you coming in. <laughs> yeah, unless they hire you on the spot, yeah, it's probably a no. Unless the unless the previous person they wanted to hire, you know, has an unfortunate event or something like that, you're you're not the guy. So anyway, I'm in there for an hour and a half playing around and doing all this stuff, and mm-hmm. you know, it was it was that awkward. And later on that day, I was flying back. I was uh, in Honolulu. Later on the day, I was flying back to Kona. And it was that awkward moment where it's like, like the guys, the producer and the director, who now are great friends of mine, like they're on the same flights. So, like we're all in the waiting area together. And I'm trying to like not be the guy that's like, you're not looking I just at them. Like nod at them as they walk by. Like, hey, what's up, guys? Oh, hey. Like not going <laughs> to sit by you, not going to chat you up, not going to try to be your friend. You do you. I'm going to be over here, you know. Um, and then, uh, it, it was a couple of weeks later, I think. It might have been that long. Basically, the producer calls and he says, here's the deal, man. We really want to hire you to do this film. I was like, yes, but I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> but we've already cast the role of the father and it's uh, an Islander. And, and you're obviously the blonde hair, blue eyed Aryan poster child. So uh, that's not going to work <laughs> out, you know. And uh, you Captain America looking punk. And um, and so pretty accurate, they're like, so pretty accurate what, description there. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so he says, here's what we're trying to do. We're trying to shift. We're trying to, to recast the father so we can hire you. And so we're going to have to push back production like a month. So if you're willing to wait around and see if we get if we can recast it, then we'd love to hire you. But it's not guaranteed yet. I was like, dude. I'll wait around for that. That's amazing. You're going to recast the film for me. (laughs) That's incredible. And the guy (laughs) that plays the father, is he obviously the guy that they recast? Yeah. Yeah. So they went through They actually, he did a great job, man. Um, And there's some cool stories revolving around that too. Um, I think he had a Catholic background, super, super guy, very sweet, Robert fleet, um, superb. And, uh, but I don't, I don't know, you know, how intimate his relationship with the Lord was. And he's going out to play this, like the father, like God, you know, yeah. and he's on the airplane flying over to film. And he's, he's telling us his story later. He's like talking with the guy next to him. And the guy next to him happens to be a guy that travels and speaks for YWAM about the heart of the father. <laughs> and so they have this plane, they have this plane ride and he's sitting there picking his brain. He's like, tell me what you know about this. You know, and the guy's like, I want all this stuff. And so he's sitting here, like, kind of taking notes in his mind or whatever. Like, okay, yeah, yeah. So he's getting this download. So he's like researching his role. (laughs) He's like getting like this, like airplane, quick one hour download about the Father Heart of God. Like the Lord just like set this guy next to him, and um, yeah, just just really really fun experience to to be going back to Hawaii after being there as a missionary. You know, it's not easy to, to to do fundraising to be a missionary in Hawaii for film. Let me tell you, bro. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> so, you know, those, those were some tight times, man. So yeah. getting getting to go back and, you know, you know, living the actor life and all, and and for such a great film that I really believed in, and great people were making it, and a, a bunch of my friends are working on it. I felt like this is this is going to be a highlight of my life. It's just so fun and beautiful. Um, just the whole thing, you know. It, it's it's. It's seriously, and I know, I think it's just because it holds such a special place in my heart as well, but I see it as um, 
I mean, it's a it's a film that saved my life. Um and it's so beautifully shot. I mean, it is just beautiful. Um, I love it. It's fantastic. Yeah, they did a tremendous job. I love that they and that was one of the things that got me excited about it is you know, my buddy's like, you got to put your name in the hat for this Christian film. Like, ah, I don't know. I was like, I want to be in great films. You know, like I'm like, I'm happy to do like Christian films. Man, I want to make do nice good stuff. Films. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. And then, and, but that also is like life giving and full of the truth, man. And spirit filled. Like, how do you make all that stuff in one film? And he's like, no, man, it's going to be different. These guys aren't going to pull any punches, man. It's going to be real. They're going to do it. It's going to be beautiful. I'm like, now we can talk. I want to hear about this, you know, and really grateful uh, yeah, just grateful for the whole thing, man. And so how long did it take him to film? We, so, you know, it's a, it's a mixed genre film, you know, just to kind of tee it up for people that are going to go in thinking they're going to see this epic, you know, prodigal son, two hour long feature film. It's a mixed genre film, right? So you have these people on camera telling their real life prodigal stories. And like what somebody described to me that way, I'd be like, ah, it sounds like whatever, but dude, Sometimes when I watch it, like those are sometimes it's my favorite part is hearing these people. They are such good dude, they're stories. They're being so vulnerable and so many like it's tragedy and it's triumph and it's um, redemption and just beautiful stories, you know, tragic, but then beautiful. Um, so all that stuff was not filmed in Hawaii, right? They spent, you know, a long time traveling right. around, meeting these different people, grab, grabbing these stories. But then we shot the part we shot was uh, I think we shot for like two weeks out in Hawaii. Okay. And so let's get to, we're going to get to it because on IMDb, you aren't listed as an actor for Heart of Man. <laughs> you are listed as a stunt man for the Heart of Man. Well, and when I first heard this, I was like, what? No, no, no. Like, come on. That's got to be green screened. So there's a scene where Justin is being lured away from the father. And he steps off of a cliff and he's not like, if I were to step off a cliff, I would look down to where I'm stepping off, but your eyes, you kept your head straight. You didn't look, you just literally walked off this cliff. And I was told that you just did it. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I did, man. You know, and yeah, people ask me about that sometimes in these kind of situations. I'm like, let me be honest with you, dude. I was scared. I was very scared. <laughs> I mean, yeah. How high is that? Is it like 30? No, feet? it's like, it's 40 like 45, feet? I think. Um, you know, it's, it, 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 so there was like the swell was kind of coming in. So you probably got like a six foot or so drop in there. So you're probably between like 42 and 48, depending on if it's high or low at the moment. I don't know. Something like that. <clears throat> um yeah so yeah man that was scary so the, the deal was when they pitched because i was like i want to do my own stunts you know like um i've always in, like i always want to do that kind of stuff and and I'm like okay cool we had, we had this yeah. cliff jump are you comfortable with it i'm like where is it at and they tell me some point i'm like i've jumped off those cliffs at south point cool i'll do it and then we get down there and i we drive up you know and the the band rolls up crew's already there setting up and talent van rolls up with me and the other actors and i look over and i'm like what are what's that crew doing way down there like the other spot they're like oh that's where we're going to do the cliff jump I'm like i'm like but the cliff jumping's down here they're like yeah but we couldn't find anywhere down here where you could literally just step off you always had to jump off to for it to be safest so they found a spot down there you can walk you can step off and fall down into in safe water 
The only thing is it's a little bit higher. I'm like, well, how, how high is it? So like, like between 40 and 50 <laughs> feet. I'm like, shit, man, this one's like 28. That's like a massive difference, man. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Like, like almost like what? And I'm like, so now I'm like nervous. And I'm like, man, I've already been saying I'm going to do my own stunts. Now they got me looking like a punk out here. I'm like, man, you're putting me in a hard position. Like, you don't have to do oh, it. Man. You don't have to do it. I'm like, but I do have to do it. Like, I want to do it. I do have to do it. I want to do it. And you're messing me up here. I'm like, there's nowhere else to do this. He said, I'm telling you, dude, there's nowhere else. We got scuba guys in there. They're swimming around. It's the only safe place we can find. And we, and we got to do it, you know, because like daylight, we got X amount of time. I'm like, okay, well, let's go down there and check it out. So we go down there and, you know, they've already snorkeled around. It's safe. They got a water safety guy in a kayak down there just in case something goes wrong. And, um, and our stunt coordinator, Adrian Hine, great guy, good buddy of mine, like one of the best in the industry. Like, you know, he was Ryan Reynolds' fight double in the first Deadpool film. He did like 80% of the fight scenes was Adrian. And this is the guy that trained me. And he's the wow. stunt coordinator on this film. <clears throat> and so he's like, he's like, dude, no worries. Is it bad to say that I like that movie? Oh, yeah. No, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, a, I like it's, that a movie. Certain, it's a certain type <sighs> of dark witty humor, but it definitely lands, you know, it's well yeah. done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So sorry. I'm sorry. No, okay. Man, go it's, back. It's go back. Super fun. It's fun too. Cause like I, I got to see it. I got to see it with Adrian and I'm watching the scenes. I'm, I can tell exactly when it's him moving. Cause I know how he fights the train with the guy. I'm like, that's you, that's you, that's you, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. So it's fun. But anyway, Oh, that's awesome. Um, so he's helping you with yeah, the scene. So he's like, he's like, dude, he's like, they have a beard for me. Cause he didn't have a beard, like a real, like a grown beard. He's like, they have a fake beard. They can put on me. Like a man yeah, beard. they didn't have the man beard. They got fake beard for him. He's like, if you don't want to do this, you don't have to. Like you, like, am I? He's like, I'm gonna jump off. I'm gonna try to do the walk off and see how it feels and just test to make sure it's safe. And so he tries it twice. He comes back up. He's like, dude, this is gonna be hard. <laughs> I was like, if you're telling me it's gonna be hard, he's like, uh-huh. he's like, I did it twice, and it is so hard to not move your arms to balance yourself and to not look down. He's like, I didn't do it the first two times, but I could on take if I needed to. He's like, this is going to be very hard. And he's like, you don't have to do it, but it's like, if you want to, it's like, it's not going to be fun. It's not going to be comfortable. You got to just cowboy up or just don't do it at all. And I was like, all right, dude, I'm in. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. (laughs) I'm scared, but I'm going to do it, you know? And so they get everything set up, man. And, you know, I walk up to the edge and then, you know, I kind of pace my steps out. I have like, like one big step and then I'm off, you know? And, uh, like with the lights, like we're losing light, which means the sun's going down. We have to do the shot soon before we can't shoot anymore today. And if you leave set, you have to come yeah. back tomorrow. It's yeah. going to cost a bunch of money and it messes everything up. So we have to do it, you know? And I'm like, guys, I'm doing this one time. And so y'all be ready, man, <laughs> you know? And, and yeah. in that moment, like, I remember like the Lord reminding me, like, we are here to set captives free, right? Like this is battle mode, right? So that kind of helps in the moment be like, we're doing like, this is not just making like, we're doing this for battle, man. So, okay, Lord, help me like yeah. strengthen me, you know, for this moment kind of thing. And then like we get up to the edge and you're right. Like there's like a siren off in a distant Island, like calling me, beckoning me to come inviting me to her bed. Right. And this, this prodigal mm-hmm. character is so entranced. He's blinded by his passion. He has no idea what's going on around him. All he knows is he wants that thing so bad. He needs to have it. And so, you know, thank the Lord. Like in that moment, that's what I, I'm like, Lord, help me be driven. Help me to be driven off the cliff. Like, I want it so bad. I don't even think about it. I just go for it. And so I'm standing there. They're like, cool, man, you're good. Whenever action, you know, whenever you're ready. And the water safety guy's like, you're good. You're good. And then, you know, 
in that moment, it was like the Lord helped me to like see what I needed, like see the siren and want it so bad that I just walked off the cliff as if I was chasing her, you know, just walked off and was stayed just like so in the moment with her in the distant island that I didn't even like realize when I hit the, like when I was going to hit the water. And that's like exactly what I needed. And I don't know how else I would have done it because it was way too scary being up there and just like choosing to step off. I swear I would have moved my arms, but I think it was just because yeah. I was in that moment of the character's moment that I was locked on it. And I didn't think about moving my arms. I mean, it's so hard to, to jump and not move your arms to keep your balance. And I'm just grateful I didn't land on mm-hmm. the side of my face or something. I don't know. And it's so beautifully... I mean, y'all did y'all did such an incredible job. It I mean, when I watched it, I was at the theater on opening night oh, cool. when it came cool. out. And I was like, what did I like? I'm I'm I was like you said, I'm a mouth agape. I was just like, what? Dude, they you they know, did and such a just, good job, man. Whew. They fought, dude. Like so many like to make something beautiful, like you especially like something in that face genre, right? Where it's just like you just gotta you gotta yeah. fight for every moment you know, that stays in that film. You got to fight for the moments that maybe, you know, that make it PG 13. You got to fight for the moments that maybe some people yep. won't like to hear from this person or fight for the moments of like, no, we're going to, we're going to pay more to get the right people to shoot this way. We want it to be captivating about, you know, of the beauty of God. And yeah, they did a great job, man. They, they fought yeah. hard for it and, you know, it paid off for not just them, but for a lot of people uh, that are really impacted by it. It's been really been a gift to be a part of it. Yeah, it's just it's incredible. I mean, I can't even. It just, I man, I just I can see it in my mind, and I'm I just I absolutely love I love I love the whole story. It's just it's incredibly moving. Um, you know, we're trying. I'm trying to. You know, I talked about Dave Franke and his stuff. The author of the book that was written about him here in town about becoming a Christian and just what he went through. <clears throat> um. I spoke with Dave and said, Hey Dave, I'd actually like to take your story and turn it into a movie. But it's one of those, um, it's, it's a, it's a Christian movie. It's about a man who meets Jesus. Right. And his life is changed and transformed, but it's the cliche term. It's gritty, man. This is, he was an old cowboy that drank, cussed and smoked and chewed. And that was his life before. And it's going to have that stuff in there. And the moment I tell you about when he gets saved and those words, those are going to be in there. You know, and we want to fight. We want to show that, you know, we don't want to fluff it up. So it's nuns and puppies and everything we want to show, you know, so that's how we're, we're trying to write it. And, um, dude, it's, uh, that's just how I see it. I can't see it being done any other way. It's, it's a tough go, man, because, um, it's a tough go, man, because you got, you got a couple different things, man. We hit this with the heart of man, right. Which is like even more mild than that. As far as like language goes, but you have this makeout scene, where the, you know, not to give away too much, but the prodigal is lured yep. to the, to yep. the, to the siren and he gives in. And so you have this, like the scene that people like, you know, is this hot scene at the waterfall, right? And it's like, yeah, it's meant to be a tight. It's not even that it's bad, not even that bad. But as far as for Christian <laughs> films go, it's like, you know, yeah, it's meant to be enticing because that's yeah. what the person's experiencing. Like we, we've, we've been in those places, like whatever. That's what happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, William Paul Young saying the word shit. It's like, you know, we, yeah, he says, or yeah, even, I was, oh, yeah, or even his story. In oh, that dude, his oh story is God. insane. Yeah, his story is <laughs> insane. You know, or even just William Paul Young being in the <laughs> oh. film, just the fact that he appears in the film, yeah, may, means that some people won't yeah. care. You know, so it's like, 
again, but you want to be in this third lane and, and then do the way to do it is you have to find people to believe in that, that have deep pockets. Like you're not going to get at least yeah. as far as right now goes, like, because where the money's at, these people, you know, you know, the, the Christian re, you know, resellers, like they, they have, they have to know their audience, what they can sell. They're in business, you know? And so, yeah. so it yeah. was hard, man. We, we didn't, we weren't in Christian bookstores. We didn't get into some, into some sales houses because, you know, some of those different things. And cause it wasn't, you know, main, main line in that way. So, dude, I mean, I think it sounds incredible, man. I think we need movies like that where people really see true stories like that are, that are just real life, um, that are yeah. san- pre-sanitized, you know, that, that are just authentic, man. I think that, yep. that sounds great, man. Yeah. And the, the one I did for Dan Bauman with his imprisoned in Iran, the scenes where he's beaten, he's getting beaten. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So just, just gnarly. Um, it's, I want to show because, because how Dan <laughs> describes it, when you hear Dan tell the story, and what the Lord does within the individual—it's—it's—it's—it's it's, 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 it's extremely important for individuals to understand that this man beat Dan every day for nine weeks. Insane. Every day, and when he finds out, he figures this is where he's going to spend the rest of the life. He asks the man and says, "If I'm going to be here for the rest of my life." Let's be friends. And you can start by calling me. You can start by calling. You can start by telling me your name. My name is Dan. And he went by the, his, he went by 58, his cell, his wow. cell number. So he's <laughs> cell number 58. So he's prisoner 58. <clears throat> and the man starts shaking like really bad and then starts crying and sobbing. And he says, Dan, I would love to be your friend. Wow, dude. And Dan's got his hand out ready to extend. So in order, I honestly believe that in order for that impactful moment to happen on screen, you have to see Dan get the snot beat out yeah. of him for nine weeks. I mean, it's, it's not a nine-week show where you just watch Dan right. his butt kick right. for nine weeks. But <laughs> I mean, it's some Dan's got a blindfold on. He's punched in the face type stuff, you know? I mean, and it's not it's not like uh, courageous or whatever. Well, yeah. I saw that. And I just, I'm sorry, but. Um, okay. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> I yeah. Just, I mean, and, and um, they all have their place, right? They all have their place, man. Exactly. But exactly. Are, but yeah. there are people that would benefit from seeing these things that you're talking about. Right. And it's not, it's never for the sake of being edgy or for the sake of having certain words or certain types of scenes. It's for the sake of being freaking real. So people can see that redemption can happen for anybody, you know? Yeah. Or, and it's not, I mean, some people I know would say things like, um, oh, well, you're just trying to make the uh, Islamic religion and the Muslims in that religion look bad. No. What we're trying to show is that the Lord can get to anybody. Nice. Yeah, it's beautiful. Right. And that's the that's the thing. So I love that you, you know, you just said that you had to fight for those um, for those moments. Yeah, you know, they did. Because I think that that's where. I think we need more things that are like that. That's awesome. So, so you're, you're doing, so you get done with that and then you tour around a while. We're, we're getting pretty long here. I don't want to keep you much longer because it's pretty late where you're yeah, at. Yeah. Um, but, um, how do you like, where are you going? What do you, what do you do from there? Where are you going now? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, man. So I'm, uh, like I said, I'm a carpenter. So when I'm not, um, I, I've, I've almost always done some type of carpentry. When I was a youth pastor, I, every once in a while, 
there was a short amount of time, like when the heart of man was doing a lot. And like I said, it's kind of like a consulting producer type of a role I was working with on, yep. on distribution and PR and stuff like that. So I, I was part of their, part of their team. So I was doing that. But other than that, I've always done some type of carpentry. Um, and so, yeah, like I, I just got done. Like I said, I have this little sinus thing. I, you know, ordered the sawdust basically. I was helping a friend, uh, remodel his, his houseboat. So that's been a lot of fun, <laughs> yeah. you know, so just, do, so just doing stuff like that, but man, auditioning, um, and, uh, working on writing and producing a film right now with Jason Pamer, who produced the heart of man and with the heart of man, as well as Brian bird, who, you know, is just, you know, 30 year veteran in the film industry has done a lot of stuff. Uh, he was an EP on the heart of man, just great guy. So, uh, I'm going through doing edits on something they wrote and I came in as a third writer doing some heavy edits and I'm working on that right now. Um, and we're hoping to be able to produce that this year. So yeah, man, really enjoy producing, enjoying the writing stuff. Um, yeah, I got to do, got to work on a couple of films in the last couple of months or a couple of different projects. I guess I had, uh, a film and maybe a TV show or some, I got to do some stunts, which was incredible, man. I love doing stunts. Um, yeah, dude, just kind of one day at a time, you know, keep going. And, um, it's a real grind being an actor, you know, just kind of, you're, you're, you have to represent your own brand and hustle and get your own, you know, make sure you're with the right age and make sure you're, you know, keeping your, keeping, uh, yeah. you know, fresh with your, with your acting, staying loose, you know? So yeah, it's, a, it's a lot of work, man. I'm, I'm busy yeah. all the time with something. <laughs> That's good though, because you're you're in that lane of what the Lord called you to, and I think that's the most important part, right? Yeah, man. I mean, that's you know, I feel like there have been a couple of things, the YWAM being one of them, acting, and a couple other things where where I um, have really just felt like, man, these things, I these things were given to me as a gift because the Lord knows I love them, you know, and they've really felt like. Yeah like he's intentionally brought me into these certain things because it's like, they just, he made me to, to fit inside of those places, you know? And so I'm just really grateful, you know, and I want to do more, you know, I mean, it's, you know, as an actor, it's like, you know, you want to get a bunch of roles and be on set all the time. And it's just, it's way harder than that. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of things, you know, that go into consideration with casting somebody. It's not just about whether you are good at the role or not, you know, um, a lot of stuff to consider. So yeah, man, it's a grind, but, um, yeah. you know, when you get to get on set or especially if you get to make a film like the heart of man or, you know, whatever other things we get to work on, um, it's just such a gift, man. I mean, I still hear stories like yours and other people's. I mean, I could, I could spend hours recounting amazing, miraculous stories and, you know, people being like, thank you for making this. Mm -hmm. And it's just like the ripple effect is like, you know, it, it's not lost on me that it's incredible that people are impacted by this thing I got to be a part of like years ago. And I'm just so grateful. Yeah. And I'm not kidding when I, I seriously tell someone new every week, it's, I'm not exaggerating wow. that either wow. about it. Dude, it's, it's huge. I mean, I, you know, like just to tee it up again, like I mentioned, it's kind of a mixed genre, but man, this is about the heart of the father. You know, um, this isn't about, you know, male sexual brokenness. No, it's not about female sexual brokenness. It's about it's, it's about the goodness of the father to meet us in our darkest places, and um, that's yeah. it, man. So hope people enjoy it, you know. And it's not necessarily a popcorn flake. I don't know. <laughs> you might get you might bring the popcorn out there, and 
just try to eat in the first 10 minutes because after that you're going to be like <laughs> you're not going to really want to be munching on popcorn you're going to be in a different head yeah it's going to be all soggy from your tears and snot <laughs> you're not going to want any of that it's not corn yeah um i'm asking everybody this at the end of the show so it's obviously in reference to the lord and i want you to finish the sentence for me if you can okay 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 so he is dot 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 so much better than i ever thought he could be i love it that's so good yeah he is so much better than i thought he ever could be <laughs> Yeah. And that's generally that. Like, like when I, when I told Aaron, I was like, it's definitely not boring. No. Right. Not at all. Knowing the Lord and knowing Jesus and being a Christian is not boring. No, it's not, man. It's Ever. hard as hell sometimes, you know, um, so the, Lord, hard the Lord's timeline is different than ours in moments. You know, <laughs> he's not quite as linear of a cat as yeah. we are, you know, but, uh, but he's so good, you know, and it's, you know, I think the, you know, leading in and saying yes, just the, the more yeses we can give him, you know, then it's like the more of a stockpile of his faithfulness we have, like seeing him come through. And then it does in some ways get easier because mm -hmm. you can like recount the different ways he's been faithful. And you're like, wait, I've seen him faithful here before, like 10 times. So let me just calm down and just trust him and not carry stress over this. You know, let me, let me go ahead and give him this, take the easy and light, you know, yoke and burden and, and just kind of keep walking with joy, you know? Yeah. Dude, thanks for having me. Yeah, that's good. It's yeah. Rich. I, yeah. I love it, dude. It's been, it's been really good, dude. Thank you so much.